The Matt Wyatt Show podcast is made possible by Mississippi Land Bank. Buying or selling, make sure you go there first. Online at mslandbank.com. That's Mississippi Land Bank, where they understand the lay of the land in North Mississippi. I don't know where to start hour number two right now. Whether I don't know if it's to start with breaking news of a college quarterback who was shut down because of coronavirus-related myocarditis that now, as it turns out, he doesn't have, so he's cleared, or the fact that there is a tiger on the loose in Knoxville, Tennessee. That is not a sports euphemism or a metaphor for anything. I mean literally. Literally. There is a tiger on the loose in Knoxville. Welcome back to the show. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau. Go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance across the great state of Mississippi. Here staying connected to you on the show because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire. Customer inspired. JB? Yes, sir. There's a tiger on the loose in Knoxville. I'm looking at that story right now. <laughs> well, I, I, someone gave me a heads up. Who was it that commented on this? Ah, oh, shoot. I don't know where it came from. And so I Googled it. Tiger in Knoxville. There's all these stories. Like, you know, USA Today, two hours ago. Loose tiger in Knoxville, Tennessee. The search is on by authorities. They started their story this way. Welcome to the next level of Jumanji. <laughs> I mean, it's ain't funny if it attacks somebody. In a year that can't possibly get any stranger, officials say they are now looking for a tiger on the loose in East Knoxville, Tennessee. Local authorities working with representatives with Tiger Haven, a big cat sanctuary. To locate a tiger that was spotted by a Knox County Sheriff's deputy in the forks of the River Industrial Park late last night. What? What kind of collar do you wear to a big cat sanctuary? <laughs> I don't know. Are they offering plates up front or do they bring them by in the sanctuary? The Tennessee Wildlife Resource Agency is now leading the search but have not spotted the big cat as of this morning. They cannot find the tiger. Now, this is what I was going to tell you. If you just keep scrolling when you Google this thing, you know, you get all the major news services. Well, then you find one <laughs> from that, that's really much more clickable from WVLT in Knoxville. The headline says, A trap has been baited with chicken set for the Knoxville Tiger that is on the loose. Now, I want hidden cameras. I want a 24-hour live video feed. That website would crash its server because it would get so much traffic. If you could just, I mean, really, WVLT? Seriously, if you're a news station in Knoxville, what are you doing? To borrow a phrase and 
inflection from Dan Mullen, a former Dan Mullen sound clip. What are you doing? <laughs> or from Andy Kennedy, justify your existence. Remember when Andy Kennedy said that to one of his players? Yes. And everybody in the gym heard it? Yeah. Hey, WVLT, justify your existence. What are you doing if you're a local news station? They have set a trap for a tiger with chicken. There is the potential that a real live striped tiger will walk up to the bait. If you don't have a live feed going, what are you doing? Well, we don't want to scare him off. I don't get ever how far away you got to get. Put a zoom lens on that thing and go. I'm just telling you right now for future reference. Y'all listen to me. If there is ever a tiger on the loose in Tupelo, Mississippi, follow me on Twitter, at Radio Wyatt. You're going to get a round-the-clock video feed of the tiger trap baited with chicken. Where is that? If we don't, What are they doing if we don't have that? Okay. Anyway, that's a big story. The other story I was going to tell you just real quick, and then I'm going to the phones, the Divinity Equipment phone line. Chris Vanini, National College Football Reporter for The Athletic, tweets this out. This is going to harken back to a story y'all remember from last month when football practice started at a lot of universities around the country. Great news out of Georgia State. Quarterback Mikhail uh, Colasurdo, who was shut down for the season after a diagnosis of potential myocarditis, COVID-related, has been cleared to resume activities. Quote, further cardiac evaluation confirmed that he does not suffer from myocarditis or any other heart ailment. That is fantastic news for the quarterback at Georgia State. I remember a month ago when the story came out and it was just like, oh, I mean, they found this myocarditis and they've shut him down. He may never get to play again. Further evaluation turns out he doesn't have it. Now, JB, some people would say, well, they missed it to begin with. Maybe they did. But without knowing, let me give you another possibility. Would you rather err on the side of caution? Well, you would, but let me give you another possibility. Gotcha. Another possibility is that God healed the young man. It happens all the time. Another possibility is that the young man and his family and his friends and his supporters, that they got on their knees and they have prayed this thing away. Yeah, I said it. Y'all run and tell that. Because if God wants it to happen, it could happen. But at any, you know, whatever it is, it's gone. And he's going to get to go back and play. That's good news. Okay. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. That's exactly right. What is it? Three loaves and five fish or five and three? I always get those backwards, JB. Which was it? Was it the five loaves? I think it was the five loaves. Five loaves. <laughs> and three fish. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking it up. <laughs> <laughs> I was so terrible with numbers. It confuses me every time. But I know this number, the number to the Divinity Equipment phone line. So if you call me on it, we can talk. 995-1059. That's a 601 number. 
1059. Chris, hanging on the phone line. Thanks for calling, Chris. What's up? Lord have mercy. You got me following that? Oh, <laughs> anyway. Hey, just say what amen. Just say amen, hallelujah, <laughs> and move on to the next thing. That's all you got to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, What I was going to ask you is, did you see the Atlanta Braves score from last night? Yeah, I did, and I didn't watch the game. I was busy doing other stuff, but I did see the score. At first, I thought somebody was joking around on Twitter, but it wasn't a joke. 29 runs in a ball game. <laughs> 29 to 9. They beat them by 20. <laughs> That's just ridiculous. It is. How bad you got to be to get beat by 20? <laughs> well, and see, the thing about it the is, second- the night before... You know, the Marlins whipped the Braves the night before and put up double-digit runs. I, it's crazy. It's just crazy. That's what it is. So the next thing i got to say is I heard a report coming out of Southern Miss that half of their line had only been practicing for like a week because all of them had been quarantined. I heard Or maybe that. all of their lines. Well, and Chris, here's the thing. I mean, I mean, we basically confirmed it on this show. The day after the game – Ross Dellinger from Sports Illustrated was on with us, who was at the game, and he basically said that. That was the first I had heard it, but he said, yeah, their offensive line, most of them had had barely practiced for a period of about two weeks because of being quarantined. He said that. So so Southern wanted to get egg on their face? Because how stupid do you look for firing somebody for that? Well, they didn't I fire mean, him, though, Chris. That's the thing. I mean, they they didn't fire him. Jay... After the experience and whatever else was going on with the team, um, the day after the game, on that Friday after the game, Hobson went in to meet with them and within 24 hours had resigned. Come on, man. You know that's a Rick Stansberry situation where they were like, you can either leave no, I on don't your own person that. or no, we're no, take no. you out. I don't know that. And I don't believe that either. Now, I mean, just because it happened with Stansberry doesn't mean it happened with somebody else. Let me tell you why this is much different than a Rick Stansberry situation. One is, <clears throat> um, this is one game into a COVID pandemic season at a place that already doesn't have money for buyout stuff. Jay Hobson had a buyout. They fire him, they pay the buyout. They're not going to fire him. One game into a year where they can't have fans anyway, their only source of revenue, they can't even have that. Yet they're going to fork out $750,000 to fire him in a COVID season? No. The only way that happens is if he goes to him and says, this is the situation, I'm out. And that's what he did. Well, you might be right there. You could be right there. But the thing about it is, is this. What I, the way I look at it is, come on, Matt. We, we know how crazy some of these college people can get, these fans can get. And how they want their coach, their teams to do this and that, no matter what the situation. I mean, look, Auburn tries to buy out Gus Malzahn for every year, and he wins a <laughs> national title once every four years. Come on now. <laughs> so, I mean, it, right. that's what I'm saying is, I, it just maybe you're right, and maybe that's the case. But I kind of felt like he got Rick Stansberry myself. So, but anyway, um. Like I said yesterday, LSU fans, hell state. Have a good day. <laughs> All right, Across the bow, Chris, thanks for the call. Appreciate you hanging on uh, very much. 
Uh, Norman on the Country Please and text line said, Matt, if Southern Miss brings in Will Hall as the head coach, he'll become a hot Power 5 head coach candidate after three to five seasons with Southern Miss like Norvell or at Memphis or Napier at ULL. He can flat out coach from all that I hear, and that's from Coffee Norman on the Country Pleasing text line. And we got a text from somewhere out near Austin, Texas. Unnamed texture that says, Stereotypes of Ole Miss. Me and my MSU buddies would try to count the number of scarves worn by men at the game when the TV would pan the crowd. (laughs) Really? Was that like a drinking game? There's a scarf! Drink! Is that what it was? That's funny. <laughs> That'd be kind of like high Bob. <laughs> yeah, it would. It? You ever back back in the day? I had friends that would. I, no, I never did this. Wink, wink. But uh, we'd mm. watch Bob Newhart show, and every time somebody came in and said hi, Bob, you had to take a yeah. swig. Yeah. Hi, Bob. <laughs> and it was like fifty times a show. Yeah, right. <laughs> hi, Bob. What a great comedian, Bob Newhart. JB, right now at this uh, junction of the show, would you mind if I did a little kick around with some NFL coaches and what they've said the last couple of days? Would you mind that very much? Dude, I think it'd be awesome. And, and it is Football NFL in kickoff. America is a special game, a unique game. A unique game. Played nowhere else on earth. It is a rare game. The man who play it make it so. Yes! The men who play it make it so. Well, they're going to play it tonight, aren't they? And this weekend as well. Let's kick it around. What do they say? What are they saying? First up, uh, Andy Reid. Looking forward to having fans. You know, other than wearing a mask and a face shield, uh, you know, it's like, a game, right? So no fans in the stands, or of just a few fans. By the way, I'm I'm looking forward to our fans being in there. I, um, I, I just uh, I, I know they're going to be loud as get out. They're going to cover the whole, all all the areas of the the stands, and so uh, we, we need everybody hooting and hollering, man, the best they they possibly can. It's a great challenge for for the fans as it is for us uh, uh, playing. So um, you know, but we do look forward to having that stadium open there. It'll be open. Travis Kelsey. Hey, there'll be some there. Um, I'm just excited to get getting the arrowhead and play in front of somebody, man. It's been uh it's been a little quiet during practices. Uh usually we have uh everybody kind of bringing the energy out in St. Joe. So it's um uh, it's definitely been a different um process leading up to week one, but everybody's pretty excited just to get out there, put the uh, pads on, uh put the put the Chiefs jersey on that everybody knows so well and just go out there and play for each other. Hey, uh, JB, what, remember what I told you yesterday about Patrick Mahomes? Yeah. So check this out. Here's Patrick Mahomes talking about squaring off with Deshaun Watson. It's very exciting. Uh, be the first game of the year, uh, all this anticipation. Um, but at the same time, it's just we're playing a football game. And I think uh, it's all the hard work that, I, that, that me and Deshaun, and knowing how he works, have, have put in uh, to be in this situation, to go out there with our teammates and try to, to win a football game. And so I'm just excited for the opportunity. Um, to go out there on a nationally televised game and get to play at Arrowhead Stadium. I mean, the, he's the most—he's one of the most talented NFL quarterbacks we have ever seen. He has already basically earned himself a spot in the Hall of Fame, and he sounds like he is twelve years old. 
It beats anything I've ever heard. Love that he, guy. Yeah, he does have that little Kermit flavor to him. Kermit the Frog. It's very exciting. Uh, be the um, this, I'm not going to pick on Patrick. Deshaun Watson on the other side tonight. Huge opportunity for the Texans. Uh, nice opportunity. Um, you know, the NFL uh, did a good job with, you know, creating a schedule. And, um, of course, you know, we got an opportunity to go into the defending Super Bowl champs, you know, home stadium right off the bat and, and compete with a, with a great team. <laughs> so, you know, that's what we want. I mean, you don't want to come in and, and you know, uh, and, and have, you know, this is the best opportunity you can have to be able to start the season off of 2020. So um, we were very excited, and, you know, we had to get the work. We had to put in extra work. All right. Uh, that was very politically correct. Wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Look, you know he'd rather be going to Cincinnati to face Burrow and the Bengals mm-hmm. than face Mahomes and the Chiefs. Yeah. Hey, Texans, we're going to start you off on Thursday night against the defending world have champ. Have fun with this. Uh, congrats. Good luck. See ya. Send us a postcard. <laughs> what was the old saying they used to use back in the 40s? Don't take any wooden nickels, whatever that means. Um, I, mean, I tell that to people all the time still. Do you? Do you yeah. know what it means, though? Yeah. What does it mean? It means don't be stupid. Oh. <laughs> don't take any wooden nickels. <laughs> Big dummy. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's just... But, yeah. but, but I tell you what, if the right person offers you a Yankee dime, you might want to... Might want to take that. Take, take that one. Or a buffalo nickel. Well, yeah. Okay. Now that we have that ironed out. <laughs> Saints, we just sorted out all the change. Man. We just sorted out all the change. <laughs> um, <clears throat> who dat? Say it with me, y'all. Who dat? Saints, Buccaneers, nationwide, 3 o'clock broadcast on Sunday. Drew Brees says, this is it for me, man. Borrowed time, Super Bowl, or bust. Hey, this time, man, I'm on borrowed time. I got nothing to lose. So um, I'm turning it loose and letting the chips fall where they may. I know that everything happens for a reason and that in most cases, failure is the best teacher. Um, That's the approach I've always taken. That's the approach this team has taken. And I feel like we've found a way to, to garner strength um, from each one of these moments from over the last few years. Um, and it's only made us better, and it's only brought us col- uh, closer to the to the ultimate prize. Listen to this from Drew Brees, JB. They asked him, when was the first time you ever squared off against Tom Brady? It makes me remember back to 1999 when we played against each other in college. The Boilermakers traveled up to the big house. Um, unfortunately, that one didn't end too well for us, but um, I think uh, – Little did we know we would we would have the opportunities that we we've had um, in the NFL. Um, I'm sure I speak for both of us when when I say that you know I kind of I think we are, we both pinch ourselves um, the blessing and the opportunity to be able to play this long and you know play for so many great teams and with so many great players. 1999. I mean, it's just it's just amazing for him to be able to come back from the that torn labrum that yeah. he had. Mm-hmm. You know. Yep. But uh, and Brady yeah, says no, it. No, nobody thought in '99 that that those two guys would be where they are. Right. No, you're exactly right. Except Nostradamus. Right. The Lord knew, and that's about it. Yep. Sean Payton says no home field advantage this year. We've talked about it. We practiced in it. We we got the 
noise right where it's going to be on game day. Talked about it, you know, and ultimately there's there's a rectangle field out there with stripes on it, and you know we're playing a game that involves technique and discipline, and the team that you know the team that tackles and blocks and does the fundamentals best typically wins on Sunday. Now, yeah, does it help when you're playing at home and and the opponent has trouble with the noise and all of those things are going to be different this season. So my guess would be at the end of the year, the the road team win percentage might be up a tick from years past because the road team won't have to deal with that adversity or the crowd noise that, that they typically have to deal with. Well, and that's going to be sad. Have an empty Superdome. And I guess they'll do like baseball has done and pipe in the crowd noise. So from a television perspective, it ain't going to be that that big a deal. You know, I will say this. Uh, there just won't be any drunk fans in the stands for them to pan to and make fun of. <laughs> That's it. You know, the cutaways for the cameramen are going to be totally different, Yeah, which is fine. But they pipe in some noise, and you watch it on TV, it ain't going to be that much different. It, it was different, though, watching BYU and Navy back on Monday night. Not the quality of the game, but the fact there's no one in there. And ESPN did not do any of the piping in crowd noise and trying to, you know, just they didn't do any of that. And so it, it was a little different watching it. I think the NFL stuff, they'll do a little better job. I wonder if that has anything to do with the specific home team. Like maybe Navy didn't want any crowd noise. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting question. Why wouldn't a home team just pipe it in over the PA? At least it sound the same for your players. I guess that's against the rules, though, right? Because you have a rule we can't play stuff on the loudspeakers while the other team is over the ball. There we go. All right. I got a story for you next that I guarantee you had, you didn't know and have never heard. You ain't going to believe it. From 30 years ago. Stick around. What do you say? Worldwide? That's us. Mass communicating. That's right. We're not one at a time and out here. <laughs> yeah, Matt, I, during the break, I noticed that uh, you got some love from a weather forecaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wes. Yeah. He's a Mississippi State guy. Went through the meteorology program at Mississippi State. and He's a big-time uh, meteorologist up in Missouri. Where is he now? Man, they put out more weather people than God makes raindrops. <laughs> I'm going to tell you now, they put them out. They really do. 41 Action News, Kansas City. Mo! Yeah, I think he's originally from that area also. That was pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, we're not one at a time and around here. We're mass communicating. We ain't one at a time in here. We're mass communicating. Oh, yes. That's a powerful new force. Shake your leg, Junior. We got to court the electorate. You don't tell your pappy how to court the electorate. <laughs> Governor Bilbo. <laughs> I tell you what, man, that movie, I love that movie. All right, dadgummit, every now and then it comes up and I just have to hit the button because it's my show and I want to hear it. When he pardons the soggy bottom boys. Is my esteemed opponent in the upcoming Homer Stokes. <laughs> yeah, well, there ain't no cup of taste. 
sounded to me like he was harboring some kind of hateful grudge against the soggy bottom boys on account of their rough and rowdy past. Looks like, looks like Homer Stokes is the kind of fellow who wants to cast the first stone. <laughs> well, I'm with you folks. I'm a forgive and forget Christian. And I say, if their rambunctiousness and misdemeanor is behind them, it is, ain't it, boys? Uh, yes, sir, it is. Well, then I say, by the power vested in me, these boys is hereby pardoned. Yay! Let the party begin. <laughs> he turned uh, him into a horny toad. <laughs> I think you added a word in there. Yeah, I did. But I will say... That's what them sirens will do, though. Them sirens that they film the whole thing, JB, that you're talking about, right down the road from you. Yeah, I know right where well, it was. D-Lo Water Park. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> That's great. All right. That's not too far from Faith Hill Country, either. No, it's not. It's in the same vicinity, the same neck of the woods. All right. I, yeah, I gave it a big old fat tease earlier. I said, it's something you've never heard this from 30 years ago. I bet you haven't. I bet at least if you knew it, everybody so long ago, you forgot it. And the story isn't the story. There's more to the story. Here it is. On this day, 1989, September 10th, 1989, five days after he hit a home run for the Yankees in a 12-2 win of the Mariners, Neon Dion Sanders made his NFL debut for the Atlanta Falcons and returned a punt 68 yards for a touchdown in the first game he ever played in the NFL. Now, before I play the highlight and tell you why I want to play it, just think about that for a minute. Because after the game, what did he do? I don't know. What did he do? He got on a plane and went and played in Cincinnati. <laughs> went and played baseball? <laughs> it's ridiculous. Deion Sanders hits a home run for the Yankees, and five days later, after, you know, a handful of practices, suits up for the Atlanta Falcons and returned a punt for a touchdown in his first ever NFL game. <laughs> Incredible. But here's what I wanted you to hear. See if y'all can recognize this. This is an NFL Films version of that event that day. Halfway into this, you're going to hear the radio call during the Falcons game. See if you recognize the voice of the radio announcer. Atlanta fans' prayers may have been answered, too, by the NFL's newest primetime attraction. Hatcher kicks it a mile. I mean a mile. Deion drifts to the left, takes it on the 32, dropped it. Picked it up. One man missed him. Another man missed him. Now he's going wide off to the right. Deion to the 25, to the 30, to the 35, the 40, the 45, the 50, the 45, the 40. My God, Deion Sanders is going to score. My God. <laughs> now, how about that? Did any of y'all recognize the voice of the radio guy in that? I didn't. I didn't I, not, not a familiar voice to me. That is Larry Munson, the longtime. No, <laughs> that's the Larry Munson, the longtime voice of the Georgia Bulldogs. The Georgia Bulldogs. He was the one who, you know, you hear back in the day, 
the Herschel Walker calls when he said, my God, a freshman, you know, regarding Herschel Walker. And we stepped on their nose with a hobnail boot. That was Larry Munson. And he's just synonymous with Georgia football. Um, he's gone on to be with the Lord, too. You know, but for so many, not just years, John, but decades, it was. Yeah, he, he was like Jack Crystal was. That's it. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly right. You had John Ward at Tennessee. You had Larry Munson at Georgia. And you had Jack Crystal at Mississippi State. That began before all the rest of them and kept going after most of the rest of them. <laughs> you know, others that were iconic at different schools that came and went. But those three were just like the class. They were the, um, you know, the class of the league for decade upon decade. Larry Munson. And I just had no idea that Larry Munson was also calling Atlanta Falcons NFL games. I sent that to Neil Price. And he, he, Neil is someone who, in terms of kind of keeping up with the history in the field that he is in, he being in the play-by-play realm and radio, he knew that. He, I sent it to him, and he's like, yeah, um, Larry Munson did Georgia and the Falcons. He also said that Wes Durham followed him with the Falcons and, and also did Georgia Tech. And there's still a few guys, he says, that you know does college football and the NFL. You got Gene Deckerhoff that does Florida State and then turns around and does the Tampa Bay games. And then you have Bill Hillgrove, he says, who does like Pitt and the Steelers. And that would be a travel nightmare. Can you imagine? What if you're playing with your NFL team in California and Florida State's got a home game? I know. Wow. Isn't that something? I couldn't imagine the, I couldn't. the pre-week planning. Well, and that's it. I mean, from a mental standpoint, being ready – for not just two games, but four rosters of players. Yeah. <laughs> it's really incredible they do that job. But yeah, so, I mean, the historical nugget about Dion, what he did, <clears throat> uh, made his NFL debut on this day in 89. And in his debut, returned to pump. That's five day, days after hitting a home run for the Yankees. And then, you know, getting to hear the call of what it sounded like with Larry Munson calling. He had a real kind of ad-lib style about it. I mean a mile. Deion drifts to the left, takes it on the 32, dropped it. Picked it up. One man missed him. Another man missed him. Now he's going wide off to the right. Deion to the 25, to the 30, to the 35, the 40, the 45, the 50, the 45, the 40. My God, Deion Sanders is going to score. My God. (laughs) That was Larry Munson. That was him. Anyway, I wanted to share that with y'all. Man, you talk about practice. Practice. Who needs practice? I'm Deion Sanders. <laughs> I'll see y'all at the hotel on Saturday. I got a baseball game today. Yeah. Five day hits a home run for the Yankees. Doesn't even goes to Atlanta practice for four days. Sixty eight yard touchdown. So Sanders hit two thirty four in fourteen games for the Yankees that year in his first attempt at playing two sports professionally. Yeah, I guess it was not until he was with the Cowboys that he played with the Reds. And was was he with Atlanta with the Braves after the Reds or before the Reds? It had to be after. I think it was after. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you what now. He he became a, a 
He became a legit baseball player with Atlanta. Best two two sport star, Bo or Dion. Lord, I mean, it's got to be Bo. It's just I don't. I mean, Bo yeah. didn't have the length of the career. That's because he had that bad wheel. I mean, but it's got to be Bo. When you see the throws that he made in baseball, mm-hmm. some of the shots that he hit, home runs that he hit in baseball. Uh, he break the bat when he would strike yeah. out. Oh, yeah, just break it over his knee. Snap. Yeah, my, dad, my dad would wear my butt out when I did that. <laughs> I bet. It costs money. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. And break it over his head. Didn't he do that? He put one on his head and pulled oh, the bat yeah, down. on his, his helmet, yeah. Broke it over yeah. his head. And and what we wanted to say about that, here's what we wanted to say about that, is he made it look easy, right? Yeah, just ask Brian Bosworth. Go get a wooden bat, <laughs> put on a batting helmet, and try to just pull it down over your head and break it. Try it. Go try it right now. Anybody listening, go try that. You can't do it. That's the point. None of y'all can do it. <laughs> All y'all are going to waste your time. Have you ever stood next to him? No. Oh. he's he, Look, last week out at Live Oaks, Deuce came out and played a couple rounds. Uh-huh. And when he walked by the pro shop, I went, my gosh, I'd hate to be a DB trying to tackle <laughs> that dude. Yeah. And, and he's probably a little bit bigger than he was in his playing weight. Sure. But... Bo was bigger. Is that right? Yeah. I wouldn't want to. Mm. Yeah. Like you can I'd see. To, I'd have to take Bo over Dion. You can see his center of gravity. Like to the naked eye, you can see his center of gravity. That's the way it was Ricky Williams watching him run. And we played against him in that Cotton Bowl in 98. It's like, how does he run that fast? And his legs are that big and his butt a foot off the ground. I don't know. All right, LSU's got more problems. Coming your way next. Stick around. I got a question. I got an answer. Now, if my answer matches your question, that's going to be pretty cool. What are players... In the Pac-12, opting out of. What are football players in the Pac-12 opting out of? I'm so sick and tired of the... Yeah, And it's okay to be sick and tired of something. Okay? It's all right to be sick and tired. you're not sick and tired of being sick and tired. Sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of it. The mushy-headed media, they gobble up anything. They don't care. I mean, if it'll get a click, okay, great. Let's tweet it. Let's do it. Let's do a story. Write it. Write it. Doesn't have to make any sense. You don't have to put any thought into it. Mushy-headed media. A lot of these national media guys, you put your hand on their head and palm it like a basketball, you leave fingerprints. Indentions. Okay? Listen. Listen. Just because this some player at Stanford or Oregon puts out on Twitter, hey, y'all, I appreciate it, but I'm going to opt out here and Get ready for the NFL draft. Of course you are. You got no other choice. Of course you're getting ready for the NFL draft. You've got nothing else to get ready for. You're talking about this cat from Oregon. Oregon. Here's another one today from Stanford. Walker Little. 
What are they opting out of? Nothing. They do not have a season. It I would ain't say they're opting happening. out of their scholarship. That's what I would say. If you had to pigeonhole me. Somebody goes on Twitter, they said, because I, I, I said, they're all, what are they opting out of? It says, I see this response from SEC people a lot. But it's obvious the opt out refers to anything that might come to be between now and draft season. Bull! B U L L. Bull. You know why he's opting out? Because he's about 75% sure they're not having a season. And the only reason they're even discussing it, even the only reason there's even a hint of a discussion about it among a leader or two in the Pac-12 is because the rest of the country is playing ball. And now they look stupid. So maybe the opting out is a bad phrase. Maybe they should say, I'm foregoing my senior year of eligibility. I just want and, some and one guy. I will NFL have respect draft. for the one guy, JB, who tweets out, Hey, y'all, I quit. <laughs> I'm done. I quit. I'm tired of waiting on these idiots. I'm, 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 I'm done. Quitting. I quit. That's what I want. It is so stupid. It is. We allow people to do and say whatever they want and just accept it at face value. Yeah, Lord help us. Opting out. You, I mean, it's like you going, well, opt is short for what? Option. You don't have an option. <laughs> Your only option is to not play because you're not having a season. Your only option is to either continue to not play for the current school you are enrolled at or transfer elsewhere and play. But don't tell me you're opting out. What are you opting out of? Living in the dorm? It's the dumbest thing, man. People do not think. Speaking of that, people don't think, JB. LSU is going to be fine. They're going to be the same. They're going to be just fine. They're going to be the same? Yeah, they're going to be fine. They recruited at such a high level. It won't surprise me if they go 5-5. Five and five. Oh, no, JB. No. They recruited at such a high level at LSU. They've recruited at such a high level. They'll be fine. Well, as our friend Lee Corso said, and I, hey, I agree with you, by the way. I was being sarcastic, JB. Oh, I know. As our friend Lee Corso, Lee Corso would say, he would hold the pencil out and go, what? Not so, not so fast, <laughs> not my so friend. Not so fast, my friend. <laughs> um, let's just look at the numbers. Okay. You have, in the last two weeks, Jamar Chase, wide receiver. Uh, one defensive tackle, two defensive tackles or, or defensive linemen. So that's three players in the last two weeks. And now this... Ray Parker, pass rusher, suspended indefinitely after being arrested. So now we're down to we've got four more players in the last two weeks. Let's add them to this list. Okay, this is something that somebody compiled at the near the end of August, but we're going back several days now. So we've we've got to add more to the list. But the numbers were looking like this. LSU set an SEC record. And tied the NCAA record with 14 total players drafted. 
All right, not just 14 players. 14 players drafted. That's how good they are. That's how good they were. 14 of them drafted. That included five first-round picks. Within 48 hours of the draft last year, 20 players on their team, including the drafted ones, so six more, had agreed to NFL contracts. 20 players off last year's LSU team sitting there with an NFL contract right now as we speak. 20 of them off last year's team. You basically have, if you just went sheer numbers, they had almost a starting NFL team on last year's LSU team, and they're in the NFL now. That's what they're replacing. But that's not it. We know, right? So let's add the other ones. Between opting out of the season and players dismissed from the program, at the end of August it was 11. Well, now it's 15. So that means that as of this point, as I'm looking at it right, if I'm doing the math right, at this point I'm looking at it's either 35 or 36 players off their roster last year that are gone. That's it. So they lose 35 players off last year's team. They brought in, in the February signing class, it was a top five signing class, they bring in 24 players. Short on numbers, after transfers and suspensions, they're down to, what is it now, 69 scholarship players on their team. In a year where, because of the practice things and everything else, you can play more conference games if you play them all. But with the potential that people could test positive, this could be a year where depth means more than it ever has. I'm not even pointing this out from the perspective of the opening game. You know, the truth is, I mean, State is in total revamp mode on both sides of the ball. <clears throat> what about the rest of LSU's schedule? Look, they're not beating Alabama. They probably aren't beating Florida. They're going to have a hard time with Auburn <laughs> and a bunch of these other ones as well. It's just incredible. I mean, it is, it's what Auburn went through from 2010 to 2011 to about the fifth power. That's what this is. And, and Auburn never was the same. It cost Gene Chizik his job ultimately two years after they won the national championship when they had that much attrition for good reasons and bad reasons. Well, look, that's what LSU is going through now and then some. So this top five class that they signed, 24 players coming in, top five class. They, they're going to replace the production of those 20 players off last year's team that are on NFL rosters? No! Absolutely not. They're not going to. Are some of the guys who are there going to play better? Sure. Yeah. They're going to take a step back. And like JB said, let's just let me let me frame it a different way. JB said they could be a five and five team. I agree with it. They absolutely could be a five and five team. They play all ten games. And if they are, it wouldn't surprise 
a lot of people who are looking at this pragmatically. And it also wouldn't, given what they've gone through, it wouldn't be a terrible indictment on Ed Ogeron and his coaching staff. Given everything that LSU has gone through, the massive roster turnover that they are going through from last year to this year, if LSU does go 5-5 five and five in this year, it's not an indictment on their coaching staff. Now think about that. The numbers are just incredible. And it continued to pile up. That's the thing about it. It's like every other day, there is something else. The deal with Ray Parker. Let's see. He was booked into East Baton Rouge, Louisiana jail on Wednesday on charges of battery of a dating partner and criminal damage to property. Statement released. Yeah, evidently he shoved her around a little bit and knocked her into a dresser and she got a mark on her hip and hmm. then threw a bunch of stuff around. Threw items around her apartment, including an iPhone that shattered. So, so he's suspended indefinitely. I mean, they, they, they really have gone through it since last year. I mean, they really have gone through it at LSU. Just an entirely, entirely different team experience level. I'm sure it's an entirely different experience for the staff getting them ready to play. Not to mention missed practice time because of COVID, which they've had, especially on their offensive line. That's for hour two, hour three coming up. 